0: I hope to both inspire and enable you to create sustained change in your own life. Thank you so much for tuning in, and enjoy. I got an email today about a podcast interview coming up on March 3rd, and I was thinking to myself, why are they emailing me so early? This is, isn't for like two or three weeks. And then it actually hit me that next week is March and I was just totally blown away. I think it's right about the end of February that the new year's high starts to fade, at least for me. I really do get this like super intense energetic high at the start of the new year. It's literally one of my favorite times of the entire year. I go do my little like solo retreat somewhere locally do all the reflecting from the previous year and asking myself all these questions and then looking forward. And for me, I'm not so much into the goal setting specifically. i more like to look at the new year in terms of what do I want this year to feel like? And usually it's more of what personal challenges do I want to really overcome this year versus... So much like I'm going to do this by this and I'm going to get this many X by then. That has never really worked for me and (laughs) I don't even really know how to make realistic goals in that sense. So it's just for me personally has never been really helpful. But with that said, I think one of the reasons I love that new year period for me is because I love processing and analyzing what has been, looking forward to what will be, and really doing some introspection. But I think especially this year with doing this Evox series on the podcast, I feel like I am still on that New Year's high of like, man, I'm in it. I'm doing the work. I'm healing so many things. I'm, I'm overcoming so many things that I've been struggling with for so long. And it feels so good if, if you know if nothing else if you get nothing else from this evox series i hope i can communicate how good it feels to uncover some of these buried emotions these buried wounds how freeing it feels how much peace and joy and fulfillment and motivation i'm being filled with with each each thing that I uncover, each thing that I release. So happy March. If you are feeling like you already got derailed this year or that motivation has faded, it is literally never too late to first of all tune back in. Where were you at the new year? What were you looking forward to? And can I get back to that? If I've maybe gone astray a little bit? Or did I go astray because whatever intentions or goals I set weren't really aligned? So maybe I need to pivot a little bit and recenter or shift my focus towards something else. But for me, I think over the years, a lesson I've learned is it's so much less about never falling off the bandwagon or never getting off track. And it's so much more about, look, that is going to happen, period and so for me my focus has really shifted from instead of trying to never never fall off the bandwagon, never get off track and then be so upset when i do accept that that is going to happen and really focus more on okay i got off track how quickly can i get myself back on track because i think really in the past a few years ago if i got off track from whatever it was i was pursuing it would be like three to six months delay in progress (laughs) and so thankfully I can say that's not so much the case anymore, and I think it's because I really released this need to never, never get off track, and if I do fall off the bandwagon or cave into some habit that I was trying to break, that's okay, and I can get back on just as quickly as I got off. Okay, so bringing it into today's evox session, I'm working on the subtopic that was identified that is sort of the next on the list was shame and unworthiness and I it, I thought this was kind of interesting because I actually had a different episode that was focused more on feelings of manipulation and going through that evox session there was so much shame coming up and so what's so interesting is and when I would think back to this event I could literally feel, tangibly feel that shame in the pit of my stomach start to manifest. And so when I got to today's EVOX and I saw what the topic was, I almost laughed of like, oh, how weird. That just doesn't have any pull on me anymore. When I think back to that event, that shame is gone. But I want to really be committed to this series and work through all of these subtopics, mainly because I know that this event has been a huge defining factor in my life. And so I want to hit it from every single angle possible to really make sure I have cleared it from my life. But of course, like so many of the other EVOX sessions, the ones where you go in thinking like, Oh, this one doesn't seem so serious. There's probably not going to be anything really that impactful. Those are tend to be the ones that have that are really heavy hitters and give you some really powerful information or epiphanies. So I started, like I do so many, trying to just recall what did I have shame around? And I was, you know, trying to pull it up. You know, I had shame around feeling like I wasn't good enough, I had shame around feeling like if i had maybe been stronger i could have soldiered on through those circumstances shame around feeling like i shouldn't have been trying to stand up to people in authority to me and what was so interesting is even as i was bringing these up because right i know for i know as a fact now those are the things i had shame about especially because i've done so much work processing this but again what was really interesting to me is as i was remembering all of those things i knew had caused me those feelings of shame, the emotional connection to it was gone. It's like it did not even trigger me anymore. And that was amazing in and of itself. But as I was like sinking into this more and more, a new memory surfaced that I really had completely forgotten about and hadn't come up in any of the other previous EVOX sessions. And by the way, this happens so often that the more we EVOX through a topic, Sometimes memories that we have just completely forgotten about will resurface and it's just like the next layer of the onion that is getting peeled away. And so for me, the memory that surfaced was on the day that I decided to quit the team. I remember being in our apartment room on campus with my roommate and I was just crying. I was so crushed. I felt so defeated and I think maybe I had called my mom and said, like, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. And then I remember calling my dad. And basically, the response that I got was, you're a quitter. You're weak. I mean, he was actively yelling at me over the phone. And I remember I couldn't even speak. I couldn't even, like, develop a response to him. I was just like sobbing and sobbing silently while I was getting yelled at on the phone. So when heavy memories like that come up, I usually start with like, okay, I need to first of all just release the pain and the emotions related to this that may have been stored in my body. And so I did a round of that in the Evox of just sort of breathing in and breathing out. What were the emotions related to this? Um, And just saying, like, I'm ready to release this from my body. And for me, I think the emotions that came with it were, first of all, feeling like in my weakest moment when I really needed this support, I was just totally demolished and shit on, (laughs) for lack of a better word. You know, I got the exact opposite of what I was needing and I was looking for. And I think as I was thinking about the deeper implications of that, the way that it made me feel was, first of all, his love is conditional. His love is based on a certain performance standard, and if I don't reach that for him i'm not going to receive his love or approval or support or empathy and there was there wasn't an ounce of any of that happening and what i'll say here too before i go on is this was my perspective i'm sharing my perspective that may not even have been what he was intending to communicate that may have just been how it came off but regardless this these are all the feelings i developed from that interaction now of course It's my responsibility to have a conversation with him hopefully someday and be able to go, hey, I've got some wounds from this encounter with you. Here's how I perceived it. Could you share how you were perceiving it in that moment and then sort of move on? I understand that's not always the case. That's not always possible for a lot of people. So, I'm not saying that's necessarily what everyone needs to do. I do think that is a conversation I could have with him at some point. Will it be beneficial? Do Will he like open up and apologize? Maybe not. And I need to release any kind of outcome. Sometimes having the conversation just for the sake of being able to let someone know, hey, here's something I experienced in relation to you. I just want to let you know that. And sometimes that's as far as it needs to go, but it's really up to your own discernment of whether, is this a conversation I can have with that person? Yes or no? Is, is this a safe person to have a conversation with? If it's not, then it's kind of off the table. And if it is a conversation you think you can have, really look at what are my intentions here in having this conversation? Is it to dump all this hurt and pain on them or is it to just help them understand me better and what I went through and hopefully understand them better. I could probably go on a whole tangent here about this, so I'm gonna reel it back in. So one of the things, right, one of the emotions that I was feeling during this is just my father's love is conditional. And if I don't meet certain expectations of his, the little bit of love that I was receiving from him before is gonna be completely taken away. And there's a whole further story there about our relationship, which will probably come up in a future Evox session, I'm sure. But we really didn't have a great father-child connection. He wasn't super present in my life. And so I, as the child at this time, I think really just felt like I just get so little love from him in the way that I would want. And in have in choosing to quit the team, I seemed to have lost that little bit of love that I was getting. So that was painful in and of itself. I think the inner child in me was maybe mourning the loss of that little bit of love that I was just holding, holding on to. While I was in the evox session, some really specific imagery came into my mind. And What I saw in my mind was it was like I had been thrown overboard on a ship at sea during a storm. And so I'm just like struggling and struggling against these massive waves in the middle of the ocean, nowhere near shore or land. And in calling up my dad in that moment, it was like a ship had come up and he was on it. And in my weakest moment, here I am struggling against the waves, reaching out, asking for help. Please save me. He's standing on the, the deck of this ship looking down at me, just yelling at me and telling me how I had messed up and how I had gotten myself in this position. And then he just continues to sail away on that ship, leaving me to drown, leaving me to continue to flounder. And that was <laughs> super profound imagery I think that really reflected how I felt in that moment and so once I had finished that output this is actually when I had the releasing pattern and so I just spent some more time really focusing on processing it from a more conscious level how did this experience what were the limiting beliefs that developed in my mind and how did those play out in patterns throughout my life and I think even more impactful than this feeling of my father's love is conditional was a different limiting belief that I think really came out of this. And it was that in my weakest moments, there's no one I can rely on. I'm going to be stuck out in that seawater in the storm and no one's coming to save me. And I talked about this in the last episode where during that time I really, you know, the type of love and support I really felt like I needed from my mom and my best friend, I just didn't feel like I got. And same thing from my dad. So in one of the weakest, lowest, heartbreaking moments of my entire life, I was looking for someone to fall on, to kind of help carry me through this. And there just, at that time, wasn't anyone who I... I felt could really do that for me. And so I think what it did was ingrain this limiting belief in my mind that in your weakest moments, there is going to be no one to help you. And that is such an isolating, solitary feeling. How I think this limiting belief played out in my behaviors and habits and patterns going forward in my life was that I didn't share the hardest things I was going through because in my subconscious, I believed no one's going to understand this. No one's going to be able to help me with this. So this is a burden I need to bear alone. This is a problem I need to solve on my own. And I can tell you from that moment forward, there were so many nights of crying alone in my bedroom, crying alone on the bathroom floor again, just feeling like there's no one, no one knows me, no one understands me, and no one can help me. And I just have to sit under the weight of this hurt on my own for as until it lifts and then continue to move forward. And so over the years, regardless of what the struggle was or the hurt was, you know, related to so many different things career, life choices, relationships, friendships. Of course, there's going to be hurts and struggles and confusion and all of that. But regardless of what it was, just really feeling like so, so utterly alone, it really is quite profound because I think about one of the patterns that I have been aware of, but I've never really pinpointed where did this come from is that when I'm going through something hard or painful I tend to isolate myself. I shut everyone out. I sort of go into hibernation and I do think that a part of this is I am more of an introverted person. When I need to process something I really need like physical distance and aloneness to be able to process things well. But there's definitely a difference between, okay, I need a little bit of alone time to process this and like I'm not gonna talk to anyone at all about this. And I know there's a really big difference for me because when it's something that I just need to process, I'll be able to get that alone time and then go you know, share whatever it is I discovered with the people around me and in my life. But when it's something super deep and painful, I completely isolate and I don't reach out to people as much. I don't try and hang out with people as much and I don't share it. And of course, (laughs) that only elevates those deeper feelings of I'm alone. No one understands what I'm going through. So it's a little counterproductive, but if we're looking at this from the angle of my subconscious believes that no one can help me with my problems because of a specific experience I had. And so with that subconscious messaging, silently running the show, when I would be faced with a problem or a hurt or some kind of burden, my subconscious was like, no one's going to be able to help you with this. You've got to carry this on your own. And maybe the only way to bear the weight of this is to just sit alone on your bathroom floor and cry for a few hours. (laughs) But also, if the subconscious believes no one is going to be able to understand this, that affected my actions in the sense that I never even gave them a chance. I never even gave the new people in my life a chance to act a different way than I had been treated in the past. And I see this all the time with these subconscious beliefs. So often it's one event, one time that was just super profound and painful that will create a limiting belief that then bleeds out into every single area of our life. It's a new lens we look through. It's a new programming running in the background affecting our daily behaviors the way we interact with people and I think sometimes that's what's hard for some people to understand is they'll think you know yeah this happened but it wasn't like it was a trauma um, or it was just one thing one time how could it possibly be affecting so many different facets of my life but as I said I see it again and again not just with myself but with clients. Something that came up as I was processing through this more was prior to this time in my life, I had, I definitely was a pr- pretty private person up to this point. So I wasn't always sharing my deepest feelings or mistakes or things that I was trying to work through. But what I realized, and I'm very, very clear on is prior to this point in my life, the reason for that behavior was a fear of judgment and just feeling like it's not safe to admit what I'm struggling with. It's not safe to admit any wrongdoings or any of my deepest feelings. It's not safe. And there's probably some elements of modeling from parents that I've learned that from or picked that up from and also maybe just inherited trauma around both my parents did not grow up in very safe situations where you could express your feelings and your wants and any kind of deep intimate connection so there could also be an element of inherited trauma there as well but what I'm really clear on is the fear of judgment was the core reason why I was more private and afraid afraid to share things up until this point in my life. But after this point in my life, not only did I have this fear of judgment and it's not safe to share things, I now had this new limiting belief of, and by the way, even if it was safe to share things, no one's going to be able to help you anyways. So you might as well just suck it up, learn how to deal with your shit on your own and not look for support or help or advice from anyone. Because you're only going to be let down. Was this a huge wound that totally derailed my life? No, definitely not. I think, if anything, it just slowed my progress in life. Because these hurts that I was trying to process. These mistakes I had made that I was trying to correct Um The personal struggles I was trying to work through, I was doing it all alone every step of the way. And I think that just really slowed my progress versus being able to share those things with people who were safe and really cared about me and could give some really valuable input, I think would have really helped speed my progress along, helped the burden feel less heavy. I'd probably have more deeper solidified friendships and familial relationships at this point. So is it a tragedy? No, definitely not. But it's always so interesting to see what are the patterns and then start to put the pieces of the puzzle together of what were the limiting beliefs? What was the event that created the limiting beliefs? And tell the subconscious a different story. So I really feel like I have released that limiting belief of just, there's no one to help me. There's no one I can lean on. And how is that going to affect my behavior going forward? Well, hopefully I will be able to, when I am going through something, seek the support I'm needing and also trust the people who are in my life even give them a chance to give me that support versus just automatically assuming they won't be able to give it to me. I know I've mentioned this before, but so often the things that are coming up and we're releasing in these EVOX sessions seem so small. It's like, okay, great. You realize that You didn't trust anyone to support you, now you've released that. Like, Why is that so special or important or noteworthy? But for me, I think about it in the context of if every single day I'm carrying these burdens and I'm just going through my day with this weight, with this sadness, and then in the moments of the absolute weakest, weakest points, I'm just feeling utterly lost and alone Releasing this one thing means that I can go through my days without the heaviness of that burden. The dark cloud of the grief related to that has been cleared, so there's more joy in my life. And when I do have those moments of, I'm so lost, I really messed up, or, oh my gosh, this thing really, really hurt me, because those are going to happen. That's kind of a given in life. I'm, I've am i hopefully got many years ahead of me and so I can expect those things to come. And now knowing that when those moments do hit, I'm not going to feel crushed by the weight of it, hopefully. I'm not going to feel completely alone on a desert island with no one to help me. And so think about that. You know, if I even have 30, 50, 70, years left on this planet that's that many years of being free of whatever the burden of this limiting belief was so at first glance it doesn't seem like much but when we start to look at it in that context it's like oh my god yeah I want to feel free every single day I want to feel at peace and full of joy and motivation and fulfillment every single day safety every single day. So what I'll challenge you to think about is what is a burden you feel like you're carrying every single day? Maybe it's the burden of hurt. Maybe it's the burden of grief. Maybe it's the burden of resentment. How is that? How does that feel, first of all, to f- to have those feelings every single day? Does it feel like this heaviness on your chest, on your shoulders Maybe it feels like there's just a perpetual dark cloud hanging over you. And think about, do I want to carry the weight of this? Or do I want to just have this dark cloud hanging over me the rest of my life? Or can I imagine a day where I don't have this heaviness? Where this dark cloud clears and I'm just bathed in sunshine And I think maybe I should change the question I'm asking there because I said, ask yourself, do I want to carry this for the rest of my life? And the obvious answer there is, of course, no. And I I don't think, I think most people who are so stuck in their trauma and their subconscious beliefs aren't stuck there because they want to be, aren't stuck there because they're enjoying it. They're stuck there because they don't know how to get from that place to a place of happiness and joy and peace and safety. And so maybe the question should be more, can I imagine feeling safe and happy and joyful and all those things? And am I ready to pursue the things that might help me get to that place? I think I'll close with this final thought, and it's that There are hundreds and hundreds of health tools available to us today, and it's amazing. And whether we are working through a physical health problem or an emotional health problem, each of us needs to take a level of responsibility for, I need to be my own detective, and I need to go out and start testing and trying the different tools available to see what works for me. And so especially with the emotional health, there's plenty of tools. There's talk therapy, there's EVOX, there's emotional freedom technique, hypnosis, EMDR. I'm sure there are so many more that I don't even know of. And so being able to go, let me just start with one and try it. And If I don't feel like it's really helping get me to where I want to go, then pivot and try another tool. I think this sometimes is where people can get a little hung up because, right, there's hundreds of tools, and the right tool for me might not be the right tool for you. And that doesn't mean just because whatever I did didn't work for you doesn't mean it wasn't the perfect tool for me. It just means it wasn't right for you. And so if you've got a friend who says, hey, come try this hypnotherapy person, she has changed my life, and you go try it, (laughs) and it doesn't resonate with you, that's okay. It doesn't mean your friend was lying. Their experience was totally true to them, and maybe it really did change her life, but just maybe it's not the right tool for you. And so when you do come across those things that maybe don't resonate or aren't a good fit, being able to persevere a little bit and go, okay, that's not the right tool for me, I'm not going to lose hope, On to the next one. Let's see if this resonates. If you're needing some ideas or a little inspiration, I would love to hear from you. So send me a DM on social media or an email saying like, hey, here's where I'm at. I don't really know how to get to the next place. Do you have any tips or suggestions? I would love to share some of the things I've got in my own toolkit (laughs) and maybe they will resonate with you, maybe not. That is the ultimate, ultimate goal of this podcast is to, through sharing my healing journey, through sharing interviews, be able to cultivate a safe community, to be able to cultivate and inspire and help support healing, whether it's physical or emotional, in the lives of my listeners and the community that I hope to continue to build here. So thank you so much for tuning in. Happy Friday, happy March everybody. And I'm super excited because next Wednesday I will be releasing the first guest interview of the year and it is with a breast implant illness advocate. So you have that to look forward to next Wednesday as well as another episode in the Evox series. The last, last thing I want to say here, I promise, is that I'm really working on refining the flow of these EVOX episodes. I know from the first one to now, the flow is a little bit different, and I'm trying to hopefully make them as succinct and really tangible as possible. I know this topic of EVOX can be really abstract, and I also know that I can sometimes go on little tangents, so I'm definitely trying to refine my process a little bit and how I share this information so that it's really really uh, digestible for you guys and easy to follow so with that thank you to everyone who's still sticking around I'm always trying to do better and I just thank you so much for being here